Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. Hello, lovely, and welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. I am so excited to bring this episode to you because I think there's a little bit of education that we all need in the IVF space, and that is what this mama is going to help me do today by sharing her story. But before we kick off, can I give you a sweet little reminder? If you haven't done so already, can you click on that subscribe button so that you do not miss any of the upcoming episodes or the ones in the past? And if you haven't done so already, can you jump in? and give me a rating and a review so you can let other listeners know what they're in for. At the same time, if you're on the gram, make sure that you jump on over to at Mummy Republic Podcast so that you can follow along for all the fun of the guests on the show, but also all things motherhood. Now, today's episode, I do want to put a little trigger warning on. We are going to discuss the topic of IVF, specifically bronze story, as well as some medical procedures. And we also touch on the topic of miscarriage. So if this is triggering for you, maybe sit this one out. For the rest of you joining me, I will give you another warning that my amazing eight-month-old son decided that he wanted to make an appearance in today's episode. So this is truly the juggle of mum life balance. Having to record with a baby in the same small room was not exactly easy, but I guess that's just the reality, right? So apologies for the background noise, but it shouldn't take away too much from today's content. Let's take a listen to the chat. Today's mama is one who has shared her journey of ups and downs through IVF, the good, the bad, the ugly. From the beginning to the end and where she is now, she has always been an inspiration to many of us. Welcome to the lovely Bron. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Very excited. Very excited. I'm excited. Thank you so much for joining me. I will just preposition that um, Archer's playing on the floor in the background here, so... Yeah, had a ton of toys that make a lot of noise. <laughs> I really uh, didn't think that one through, did I? But uh, my producer's involved, yeah. so, you know, he's just there. But thank you for joining me. I'm so excited, and I know that you've done podcasts before, but I desperately wanted to have you on mine mm-hmm. because I'm selfish like that. <laughs> um, and we're going to touch on a little bit of IVF, but let's just go back because everyone loves a backstory. Oh, yeah. What was life like for you before you were a mum? Oh, gosh. I actually can't even remember, to be honest. It feels so consuming that you can't remember what it used to be like before kids. Before kids. Well, with my husband, we were doing FIFO, so very similar to what we're doing now. Um, God, weekends were a lot different. Had a lot more sleep. Had a lot more patience. <laughs> a lot more alcohol yeah, probably as well. alcohol, yes. <laughs> you know, going a big day out and stuff like that. But, yeah, no, I honestly I can't really remember that far back now. Mm. Did you always see yourself becoming a mum? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That was always going to be in the plan, especially for my husband too, because he's obsessed. Obsessed Aww. with kids. 
Um, yeah, no, nah, it was always in the plan. Yeah. And what with what happened with the boys? Were they through IVF or were no, they no? Completely natural. Um, Ray first time. Mm-hmm. Mac took about. I always find it hard to gauge this one. I think it was like four or five months, maybe even six months. It took for him. Um, but even then, they were conceived very close together. So my, both my boys are twenty months apart. Yeah. Wow. So I fell pregnant with Mac when Ray was eleven months. Mm, so very close. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Sucker for close. punishment. Yeah. <laughs> but adorable. It's. I think it's nice when they can grow up together yeah. like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, they're absolute. Well, they have a real great love hate relationship for each other, but they are best friends. They really yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened next? You started to decide that you wanted another. Yeah. Yep. And it wasn't as easy. No. So something that we weren't expecting at all, at all, because Ray and Mac were conceived so easily mm. um we started trying when mac was 11 months obviously for the age gap type of thing but also mm. because my husband was fifo and at that point he was doing four weeks on one week off we knew oh. that the cycle would work best this way if yeah. we could manage it um we always knew it was going to be a little bit tougher with fifo but you know we made it work last time we can make it work again um, and then it was about a year that went past and I actually had a conversation with someone and they had been trying for two years and they still didn't know the cause, why they weren't falling pregnant. And I was like, thought to myself, oh my gosh, it's been two years. Like, why wouldn't you do something? Why wouldn't you find answers? And then I kind of had a look at myself and thought, well, Bron, you've been trying for a year and you don't know why it's not working. So that made me go to a specialist and that started me on letrozole, which is to force um, ovulation. Okay. Um, kind of like hormones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And gave that a shot for six months. It didn't work. So then I ended up changing specialists and I tried it all you give me all the natural remedies i did them you give me all the medical remedies i did them too i tried everything um and it just didn't seem to go so then we ended up going on to ivf and that's how that started Um, at any point during this did they say to you this is this is an issue Mm. like it's what what was was it specifically pcos pcos was just something for me but also with having troubles um, ovulating and then having a husband that works FIFO, mm. it was just a really bad combination, mm-hmm. really bad combination. Um, so that's all they could really put it down to for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, every test came fine um, and it just wasn't working. They did say that they thought I had the PCOS before I had my other boys too, but it just seemed to work. Because you can still fall pregnant when you have PCOS. It's just a lot harder. Mm. Did you know at any point or suspect anything like that before the boys? No, no. Well, when I was around 18, I got really bad periods. Terrible. Mm. Um, wouldn't be able to work, would be on panadine fort, I'd vomit, all that kind of oh. stuff. It was shocking. Um, and when I was 18, I lived in this little community um, town up in the Nullumboy and went to the hospital there, got some testing, and they said if we could say what you had, we think you have endometriosis. Didn't believe it, personally, still don't believe it, because I've had tests now, and they're like, no, it's not endometriosis, it's PCOS. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of it. But 
going into conceiving our boys, I never had a concern at all that I had mm. anything going on. Mm. And isn't that interesting? If you didn't need a third, potentially you would never even realise it was I a know. problem. I know. Unreal. So IVF is a massive step in terms of, you know, financially, mm. mentally, <laughs> physically. Mm. What, what happens? Like, where do you even start with IVF? So starting is, well, for me, I probably did a little bit backwards. I went to my GP first mm-hmm. and I explained, you know, we'd been to another specialist. We did Letrozole, didn't work. I want to go to this particular obstetrician um, and we want to see our options. And our first option was IUI where they inseminate, they inseminate you, um, put it straight into your uterus. So that's just giving... Um, the sperm a better chance of getting to the eggs yeah. when it drops. Turkey um, baster style, is that? Exactly, yeah. but yeah, a lot higher. And I personally didn't like the success rate of it, so we never okay. went for it because with our IVF clinic, um, when we started, the new um, Medicare rebate came in for IVF. So mm-hmm. we were able to do IVF at a lot lower cost than mm-hmm. some people do. Um, so I w- we just went straight to IVF, straight to IVF. So we got our referral from our GP, went straight to my obstetrician, and then I had a shitload of tests I had to do, mm-hmm. heaps. Some very uncomfortable and exposing, and then blood tests, more blood tests than I've ever had in my entire life. And then we went from there, then we gave ourselves, um, the doctor charted a cycle for us, and so from there, you go for your egg retrieval. Um, I decided, I don't know why I did it, but I decided I wasn't going to go under for my egg retrieval. Oh, okay. Yeah, living on the edge. <laughs> um, the only reason why I did it is because it was a lot cheaper. Okay. Um, and I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I get the green whistle. I'll be sweet. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it's quite uncomfortable. It's Did you feel pain or just discomfort? Yeah. Oh, both. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Oh, so I'm if you can. my legs. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> your vaginal wall. That needle goes through your vaginal wall up into your ovaries, collects the eggs from your ovaries, brings it back down through the tube, and it goes into um, like a little tube that goes to the scientists. They count how many eggs that come out, and I'm fully awake, mind you. So it was very uncomfortable for me. I know some people can nail it and not feel a thing, but I was sucking on that whistle like I'd never sucked on anything before. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's not true. But... <laughs> no, and then, um, so from there, you, um, so prior to egg collection, sorry, you do have all your needles mm-hmm. um, to stimulate the eggs. Okay. Because any given month you're producing one egg, whereas when you're doing IVF, you want to produce as many eggs as you possibly can. Mm. Um, and in that first egg retrieval, I think I got, mm, maybe it was around the 10, 14 mark, something like that. So a lot of bloody eggs. Yeah. Do they Some have a benchmark that you aim for? No, it's really individual. Just whatever. Some people can't even get one and oh. they're doing an egg retrieval. And then I've heard of some people that get over 30. Wow. So it's a very individual thing. Yeah. It really is. Um, and on the lead up to your egg retrieval, your belly completely bloats. Because as you can imagine, your ovaries, this is from what I've been told from my obstetrician, mm-hmm. your ovaries are the size of almonds. And then when you're going through the stimulation process, your ovaries grow to the size of a softball. 
So that is a big difference. Oh, wow. And you can physically feel them on the sides. It's very uncomfortable. The bloating, all the emotions that come with stimulation. Um, yeah, so egg retrieval. Then from egg retrieval, it's basically a waiting game. Um, because with our first cycle, we wanted to do a fresh transfer, we had to wait for um, our embryos to grow to three days. So after the eggs are um, removed, they get the sperm and they put them basically in a little tray with your egg and they let the sperm go for your egg and hope for the best. Um, there's other types of IVF where they insert the sperm into the egg um, but we did it this way and so it was a waiting game so each day we would hear different news if some survived all this type of stuff um, and we did get one we got a couple and for the rest they waited till five days and then they froze them so if they didn't get to the freezing stage we had none frozen we were okay. just going to go with a fresh cycle and so what that means is when you have a three-day embryo, they transfer after those certain amount of days. So not only have you had an egg retrieval and in a lot of pain, um, a couple of days later, they're going to insert that back into your body, into your uterus. That's not painful. Okay. Um, that's just, yeah, going through your cervix into your uterus. Mm -hmm. And then just hoping for the best that this little embryo is going to embed into your you know, uterus and grow. God, and I hope did, that all made sense. No, it, did, it absolutely did. And okay. this is the thing I think um, we hear a lot about IVF, mm. and it's it's a lot more common. There's a lot more people going through it. But yeah. I think unless you've experienced, you you might know bits and pieces, but to really understand the end to end process mm -hmm. and to grasp visually what mm -hmm. that's like, it's a lot. Oh, honestly, before I did IVF, I had no idea. I was so blind to what people go through with mm. IVF this sounds terrible but when I thought of IVF I was like oh you know that seems kind of yeah. easy you know yeah but far from it <laughs> I know far from it <laughs> um yeah so to go through it firsthand my mind was blown and it's not just yeah the physical it's the mental strain you know constantly mm. waiting and waiting you feel like your life is completely on standstill mm. just waiting for results constantly um but yeah and so they process. wait for the egg to burrow mm -hmm. and then what happens there so it's just like any kind of um conception mm -hmm. you wait for two weeks mm -hmm. and it's the most hardest two weeks of your life because yeah. you're just like is it gonna work you know i just spent all this money i just put my body through all this stress is this actually going to work? Mm. And so they get you to do the blood test. I think it's the day before or day after your period's due. So most of the time you find out whether you're pregnant or not before the blood test because your period will arrive. Mm. Um, but me being a serial pregnancy test person, <laughs> I'm just like obsessed. Um, I'd start testing after five days yep. after transfer. And then if you've had a trigger shot, um, they can hold the hormone, like the HCG hormone, so you can read a positive test, but it's just the hormones that are in your body, not the actual baby. Uh, mm. What a so, mindfuck. Yeah, basically. God. Basically. So you test out that trigger shot, and then you start testing in for a pregnancy. Mm. <laughs> oh. And then, so let's say it's not successful. Mm -hmm. At what point do you do that all over again? Well... 
I know my clinic in particular likes to wait for that cycle to be over, have another cycle and then go again. Mm -hmm. So potentially another two months before you go again. And that's if you've got frozen embryos, Mm. you know, embryos on ice. Um, If not, you can start the whole process all over again. I've known people to go back-to-back cycles. So then starting different hormones again Mm -hmm. before you implant. Mm. It's a full-on process. Yeah. Yeah. And I know people that have done so many cycles. I honestly don't know how they do it. I really don't because we only did four and even that took such a toll physically and mentally. Mm. It really does. Because you've still got two little boys to parent in mm. the meantime with yeah. your husband working away. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure on you oh, in all the ways. Yeah. Well, I believe both, both or maybe just one. No, both egg retrievals my husband was away and both egg retrievals I didn't go under this first time I clearly didn't learn so I went for a second time and that was fucking brutal oh man that was that was shocking but I definitely learned that time yeah <laughs> definitely learned that time I was as high as a kite and they actually had to stop because I was just uncontrollable and I was moving too much and because you've got that needle you know in that delicate yeah. place they can't risk it so mm. oh god well, look, at least you can share yeah, your I learnings. I know, right? <laughs> and you did have success, obviously, yeah. with falling pregnant. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. want to talk a little bit more about yeah. that? Yeah, so with our first um, IVF cycle didn't go, didn't take. Then our second cycle did. The frozen cycles seemed to take for us. Fresh cycles Ooh. didn't take. Okay. Um, so the second cycle worked and I fell pregnant. Um I think it was around September last year. Yeah, September last year. And I ended up miss... No, wouldn't have been September. Maybe October. Anyway, I ended up miscarrying at seven weeks, just over seven weeks. Mm. And so then we went for another cycle and it didn't take. And then we went for our fourth and final round. And not knowing that it was going to be our final round, actually, because we still had an embryo um, on ice. And we went for our fourth one. And then fell pregnant on that and then ended up losing the baby at 11 weeks mm. on the day. Yeah, mm. on the day. And because of COVID and everything that happened, it was really hard for Tony to come to any of the appointments. Yeah. So that one appointment he could come to was the appointment that we found out that our baby had died. It was something that you – it was something – I felt like I was in a movie. I re- everything just really slowed down and I was like this isn't real this isn't happening and yeah it did and so then after our loss I was basically like I can't fucking do this yeah you know this is too hard and it was hard because not only for our losses but we still had an embryo mm-hmm. and making that choice to not go forward with that embryo was such a hard decision mm-hmm. Because of the what ifs and stuff like that. But I, you know, internally just said to myself, if it's going to happen, it'll happen anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we ended up getting that embryo back and ended up planting it with our baby. So when I had the miscarriage, I wasn't passing her naturally. So I did end up having to go in and have her removed. And I ended up taking her home as well and got her cremated. So... 
That's a beautiful way to say goodbye. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we have trees for all of our kids. Um, So, like... My eldest son, he has his umbilical cord. This is probably going to sound really rank for some people. <laughs> um, but I have his umbilical cord in his tree. Then my youngest son, Mac, we have his placenta in his tree. And then we have Sage's tree. Yeah, yeah well, we have her. That's beautiful, though. It's it's yeah. important to acknowledge that she was here, if only oh, for a absolutely. short amount of time. Did, did you know that you had lost her not you wouldn't though because you couldn't feel her no and because i get hg which is hypermimesis graviarum Mm. i hope i pronounced that right i'm pretty sure i do (laughs) um i get extreme sickness Mm. extreme sickness you know constantly on fluids constantly vomiting um and because she was still in there there was still hcg running through my system Mm. i was still sick so i had no idea no idea and so we were 11 weeks that day and we went to have our scan and we were so excited and talking to our obstetrician she's like let's go see baby we lay down and she just was not moving at all no heartbeat came up and it was just a shock and I even said to my obstetrician but I'm still vomiting like I vomited like three times this morning how is this possible and she goes well you've she's still inside you and it was, it was exactly like my boys as well. It wasn't until the moment that they were physically out of my body that I stopped being sick. Mm. And it was like an instant switch. I just went back to normal again. So when I tried to um, birth Sage, um, her name was Sage, by the way. Um, when I tried to birth her, I was given medication to make it happen, mm-hmm. you know, because because I was so distraught, I just wanted it to happen then and there. Yeah. Some women yeah. let it um, go until they come out naturally. But I was just so distraught in that time where I just needed her out. Yeah. I really did. Um, so I took the medication, which I had to insert vaginally, um, and it didn't work. It didn't work. I was so disappointed because I was still vomiting everything. And so the next morning I called my obstetrician. She's like, no, we can get you into theatre. Um and do it this morning mm. so yeah. as soon as I woke up after coming out of theatre I wasn't sick wasn't mm. sick anymore I couldn't believe it it was just yeah like a sw- absolute switch yeah it's like it's your so body amazing. knows yeah that, yeah yeah did so, they give you any reason as no to so this is another thing everyone when it was when it happened um especially on social media a lot of people asked did you get the harmony test did you get your embryos tested we did get the harmony test so the harmony tests look for all different Mm. genetic things everything yeah Yeah. and everything came back perfect so to have that very very expensive test come back Mm. positive and nothing and then to have her pass it was a massive shock to the system Mm. and they my obstetrician said look we can take the fetus and do tests but I was like you know what I don't need to know I want to take her home and even to take a baby that is 11 weeks old you know 11 weeks gestation sorry tiny 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 baby um was even a struggle they don't normally do that so I was like no for religious reasons I'm taking my baby home and all the women in the room were so fine about it. My obstetrician was so fine. The only person that disagreed was a male nurse. And I was ropeable. 
absolutely ropeable. Why? Yeah, what? What no reason? No idea. No idea. No idea. And that was right before they put me out, and I was oh. like, "You're kidding me!" But I woke up, and because I had a box for her and everything, I was given this beautiful box by my doula. Um, and yeah, I woke up with her next to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it was full on, and so that was um, that was May this mm. year. Yeah, so it's been like five months now. Five? Yeah, something like that. And you've made the decision to not continue with IVF, but you're still somewhat trying? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. IVF is not for us, (laughs) we've decided. Financially, emotionally, physically, it is just not for us. And although our IVF was under the Medicare rebate, Mm -hmm. we still did pay, you know, $25,000 for four rounds of IVF. And with the FIFO family, that stopped us from saving for a house. Um, and emotionally, being technically by myself while Tony's away mm. at mm. work, it was just too straining. So yep. we were just like, nah, let's just stop this. We've conceived two children, two children naturally before. Let's see if we can do it again. Yeah. You know? Um, and even then, before we started IVF, I did have other pregnancies, but they did end in a miscarriage as well mm-hmm. um and then this year i've had two chemical pregnancies which is where you create a little embryo um but it doesn't embed into the uterus so although you're showing positive pregnancy tests they slowly start to fade away so it's like getting your hopes up and then being like well here you go sorry not this oh. month yeah so we are still actively trying um, Tony's just gone back out to FIFO work two weeks ago. Um, and just, yeah, seeing what happens, seeing what happens. God, mm. that's such a massive journey. And I think people mm. don't understand yeah. unless you've been through it, just yeah. how taxing all of that is. Yeah. Like you can understand to a certain extent, I think, but it's one of those things that you have yeah. to experience to truly get a, get the gauge of the extent of it. Because yeah, yeah it's, it's a, full on yeah it's a lot it's Mm. a lot do you feel like going through that experience um IVF and losing sage Mm. is what sort of reconnected you with finding that quote-unquote spiritual path that you're on now 100 percent 100 percent I always knew I was meant to do IVF for the experience Mm. you know um, I know, especially on social media, it's helped a lot of women to understand IVF and yeah. people that have been going through IVF to have that connection mm-hmm. that they aren't alone going through this stuff. Um, but for myself, like I've grown so much as a person mm-hmm. because of the stuff that we went through. And yeah, that spiritual journey really just ignited itself at the end, didn't it? And yeah, I'm thankful for IVF. I'm thankful for all the things that we went through, although they were hard. They've taught us lessons yeah. and they've made us grow as people. And our relationship is so much stronger because yeah. of it. It's crazy. I was actually talking about this the other day. Um, we don't have one of those stories that, you know, IVF broke us. It made us stronger. It yeah. really did. Mm. Even though we don't have a baby still. Even though we've lost babies and we've given up on IVF, yeah, we're happier. 
Which is so beautiful because you can absolutely see how it would break mm. people. Oh, All of that pressure and the hormones. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that in itself is a lot to deal with. Yeah, yeah, those hormones are fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're sort of refocusing your energy now. Mm. What do you feel like, and obviously everyone's individual, mm-hmm. but what do you feel like helped you to get on the path to healing? Because obviously it's a process. It doesn't mm. happen straight away. Yeah. What's helped you? Mm, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so I actually had a Reiki healing for myself. It was, I'd never done it before, had no idea what to expect, went in very open-minded and it completely changed me, wow. completely changed me. And it was just like, it was just like unzipping the true me. And after that session, things just started to change around me, my mindset, my goals, my the way that I talked to people, the way that I absorbed conversations, things just started to change. So for me, it was Reiki. That was the very beginning of it. Um, I don't know. I've always been like a bit of a woo-woo kind of girl since I was a little kid, but um, it really ignited after that session. Mm. Mm. For someone who hasn't been through a Reiki experience, and mm. I've only done it once, and I just thought it was possibly the most powerful thing that mm. I've ever experienced yeah, yeah. but what what does it entail yeah so after that session <laughs> I was like I have to do this yeah um so I ended up doing all my training level one two and masters and started doing it for people because I wanted people to experience exactly what I experienced mm. um but as you can see we're in my Reiki yes. room at the moment <laughs> my son is yeah. smothering himself on your bed <laughs> charming um but it's just really a time to relax and go within. Mm. I, that's the best way to explain it. And just being in the presence of that beautiful healing energy wherever it's needed in your mm. body. Um, I, find, <laughs> I find Reiki is just so great for direction. It really is. just seems to mix, bring things to the surface and show a clear path. Because mm. mm. it is, I think, you know, as... I think as you get older, you start to learn more about yourself mm. and um, how to process things. Yeah. And a big thing is feeling emotions and letting them go. And mm-hmm. I think we're all quite guilty of just storing stuff oh, and absolutely. moving on and not acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. The release of that. Yeah. Well, as well with going through IVF, there was so much anger. I mm. had so much powerful jealousy towards friends and family like how can you have a baby and I'm trying so hard for this and I really had to step back and look at why I was reacting this way and I suppose with the spiritual journey I've been on it's given me that opportunity to go through those layers of myself and to find their underlining reasons for acting certain ways and so I just really wanted to focus on myself and better better myself understand myself more and yeah here we are yeah and here we are (laughs) and it's funny that you mentioned that because I know you've spoken about this on your Instagram a couple of times Mm. as someone going through IVF and struggling to fall pregnant how do you deal with those moments where someone comes and says to you I'm pregnant Mm. oh gosh it's so hard it is so hard I know it is trust me I yeah I know Mm -hmm. I know um but this was one thing that I had to learn about myself You know, that's their story. Mm. This is my story. My feelings shouldn't affect this. How do I say this? 
I shouldn't react just because their story is moving a bit faster than mine. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it's going to be is going to be. And I know that can be such a hurtful thing to hear sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I used to hear people that had had children say this, even whether it's through IVF or not, but it is so true. Mm-hmm. It is so true. Um, take it slow. It's okay to be upset. Mm-hmm. Like, putting our feelings down, being like, oh, no, I can't be upset about this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Really look within and see why you're hurting in that way. I don't know how to word this properly. No, I think that mm. I think that's a huge thing is just to understand that you're allowed to be upset. Yeah. It's a massive blow, oh, especially, yeah. you know, we were trying to fall pregnant for a, for a while um, mm. and we didn't have to go through IVF, but I even know that friends of mine who tried – fell pregnant on the first month Mm. you're not you're happy for them you're genuinely Mm. happy but it hurts oh god the stories i could tell honestly i even the day i lost sage i had two people announce their pregnancy to me um i've had people tell me that they're aborting children so like it's just it's it's a hard thing but it's Mm. not my story that's their story and i should be happy for them too because i know when the day comes for me the love will be there too yeah but yes it's 100% 100% normal mm. to be upset mm. you know it's okay um, but I really did this big turnaround on finding that meaning for me mm. Mm. I hope I'm making sense here no you are you absolutely <laughs> are if you um, on the flip side if mm. you are that friend who mm-hmm. has someone who's going through IVF mm. um, and not necessarily if you fall pregnant but how do you support someone because mm. again they're <laughs> It's probably a shit show. Yeah. Like, they're up and down. They're <laughs> yeah. crazy. They're emotional. Yeah. It's a lot. It's so hard. I don't think there's any right or wrong way to go about it, mm. hey? Because, of course, when you're pregnant, you just want to share it to the world. It's yeah. your happiness. Absolutely. Yeah. And you have all right to. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it can be hard having to nurture someone else's emotions because they're going through something difficult. Yeah. I'm sure you will find your own way you know I can't speak for everyone I really can't um and to be honest I haven't been in a point where I've fallen pregnant and someone's been trying Mm. I haven't Mm. I've just been on the other side of the fence yeah um so I can't give that kind of advice um or knowledge really but everyone's going to take it differently I think yeah yeah absolutely it is individual What about just to end on a more fun note? <laughs> and I'm like sweating over here. Because I'm so close to you. Yeah. I'm really putting the pressure on. Um, what, what does IVF and trying for a baby so pers- like purposefully do to your sex life? Ooh, okay. So I'm probably not – you're probably not going to get one of those real, oh, my God, it was terrible kind of answers from me because – Basically, my husband's a hornbag and (laughs) IVF did not stop shit. (laughs) Although there was this like little meeting where they're like, okay, you can't have sex after you have an embryo transfer. And he's like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I don't get any fun in this. I'm like, mate, you got to jerk off into a cup. That's all you you had to do for this. (laughs) Continue to do that for a little bit longer. Yeah, Yeah. But I know what it can be like, you know, having sex when you're not ovulating. Because mm. it becomes 
the sexual love. Um, whereas when you're having sex, when you're ovulating, you're having sex to make a baby. Yeah. Um, so there can be those different emotions, but you just got to keep it fun. I don't yeah. know. My husband's a hornbag, like I said, so I'd really, <laughs> I'm really not the best person to ask questions on that. <laughs> what about you though? Because well, the hormones, does yeah. that affect your sex drive? No, I, oh, honestly, like when your belly is as big as a balloon, it's really the last thing you want to be doing. Mm, the sounds last hot. thing. Yeah. <laughs> really feeling sexy yeah, with your yeah. semi-pregnant belly. I know. Well, that's yeah. it. Like, you look pregnant, but you're just trying to get pregnant. Yeah. Um, but, oh, God. Yeah, no. Sex is totally other conversation, I reckon, because, yeah. <laughs> we might talk about that one off air. <laughs> least I'm a huge advocate for mum life balance I think it's really important and I think even when you're trying to conceive like it's getting that thing that (laughs) you're excited too getting that thing that you (laughs) is that funny mate (laughs) your mummy's funny isn't she Finding that, that thing that you do just for you, to be mm-hmm. selfish, to reconnect with the person that you were before a mum, or even to recognise that you still are a person as a yeah. mum, what is it you do just for Bron? Mm. I meditate. Yeah. Yeah, I meditate. I do Reiki. I know I do that as a business now, but it really is something that, well, it started for me. Um, and I loved it so much that I wanted more people to experience it. So, yeah, meditation, Reiki, I bloody am obsessed with crystals and I could spend all day just, yeah, playing with crystals. So that's my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good though. That's yeah. good. And yeah. it's I think it's when you find something like that down the track. It's mm. not just a novelty. It's yeah. not just a fad. It's something that you do to connect with yourself. And yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining me. No, I'll be sure to put you. all of your details in the show notes in case yeah. people don't follow you already. Yeah. But I really appreciate you being so open and candid. Yeah, it's, I think it will help a lot of people. Yeah, I, ho- I just hope I made sense. <laughs> oh, you did. You did. Trust me. Except for the interruptions yeah. in the side there. No, you, I you were great. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Well, there was a lot that I took away from that episode and I hope that you got as much value out of it as I did. I think we hear a lot about IVF, but it's difficult to actually understand what somebody's going through unless you've been through the process yourself or you understand it in a little bit more detail. I think the key message here is that it is a massive thing to go through emotionally, physically, mentally, and it can be very draining for those who are involved. But the other key message here is that IVF does not discriminate. Even if people have had children in quote unquote naturally before, sometimes they need to rely on that method to fall pregnant again. It is not a sign of weakness and it takes a lot of strength to go through such a process. If you would like to follow more of our journey, you can find me over on Instagram at Mummy Republic. And if you would like to find more of the wonderful Michaela who interviewed me, you can find her over on Instagram at at Michaela. While you're over there, make sure that you check in to the Mummy Republic podcast and follow along for all guest information and all things motherhood. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing.
Thanks again. Lots of love and I'll see you next week.